on this episode of AV Week, how AI will impact the AV industry, the shrinking size of bezels on video wall displays, and the impact of the coronavirus on Integrated Systems Europe. All that and more, next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 441, recorded Friday, January 31st, 2020, Unpredictable AV. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Christie Digital. And by Bayan. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news that we have gathered this week. This is almost like old home week for me. First and foremost, uh, one of three of my very first guests ever on AV Week. His name is Mr. George Tucker. Welcome, <laughs> sir. Hey, everybody. Glad to be on again. Uh, and I think Matt was like the fourth or fifth one, so... We'll yep. put him in order. Mr. Matt D. Scott, welcome, sir. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. And not to be outdone, uh, guest number, I don't know, six or seven or eight, Mr. Chris Nettos, hashtag AV in the AM. Welcome, sir. How are you, sir? You did slide into my DMs at about the ninth or tenth episode. Oh, yes. Wow. And it got weird. We want to give you a shot. A Dude, I know where I got my start. This doesn't, <laughs> this is nothing. Slide you got DMs. your start. I got my start. Good <laughs> Lord Almighty! All right, what do you got for us, Tim? Come on, I got challenge nothing. us today. I got nothing. All right, let's let's kick it off actually with with a little bit of, of weird. I, I this may very well be the first medical uh, article that we've or issue that we've dealt with here on AV Week in the last eight years. Um, coronavirus. If you're not familiar, there's a there's a uh, virus going out, uh, an outbreak happening uh, literally all, all over the world uh, as of this morning and as of this recording. Uh, there is a case in every single region of China the, where the, the virus originated. Uh, there are reports in the U.S. There are also also reports in different parts of the, of the world. The first uh, one in India actually uh, came about yesterday. What does this have to do with AV? Well, the world's biggest audiovisual trade show happens in about a week. Actually, from the time this posts, it will be a week and a day. Integrated Systems Europe happens the 11th through the 14th of February. 80,000 people, 8% of those from China, will gather together. Now, a couple of other things happening here. Uh, Mike Blackman, the, the uh, uh, show director for Integrated Systems um, Europe, uh, put this announcement out uh, yesterday. Um, in an announcement, quote unquote, in an announcement made late this evening, the World Health Organization declared a public health emergency of international concern. This declaration was made to promote and coordinate international efforts and enhance preparedness <clears throat> in response to the coronavirus outbreak. The advice as of now is not meant to limit global travel or business. The WHO stressed that restricting the movement of people and goods during public health emergencies may be ineffective. Bottom line, <laughs> ISC as of right now is still taking place. Uh, I don't think anybody has put together any sort of scenario where ISC doesn't take place, but obviously none of us know um, what happens with the World Health Organization or the European uh, counterpart as well. 
I, the reason I'll actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad that all three of you are on <clears throat> Tucker and Neto. Both of you guys were with me the very first time that we hit ISC five years ago now, uh, along with our buddy, um, Mr. Bill O'Donnell. If I remember correctly, all four of us got something. I was not as serious as coronavirus. Let's be frank about that. It was some sort of regular trade show crud, right? Uh, but all of us were pretty well laid up for about four or five days afterwards. So all three of you have been with me to this show at this point. When it comes to shows like this, where we've got folks from literally all over the world, Tucker, I'm going to start with you. Mm. How do we keep ourselves safe um, and, and just general, I mean, I don't know if this is this general hygiene practices or mm -hmm. if this is, you know, um, you know, walk around with a bottle of, 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 of sanitizer. Well, I, I, you know, as you well know, I travel once a week, right? Mm -hmm. I'm in a new city almost every week doing some kind of theatrical install and I catch something every kind of third or fourth visit, right? So, so every third or fourth, I catch something just because somebody doesn't take the responsibility of cleaning off whatever they're doing or to sneeze into something proper. Um, but you always get a cold at a trade show because you're shaking hands and you're doing stuff like that without washing. And we as humans often will shake hands and then they will touch our face and we'll put that right into ourselves, especially this virus. It's not like the influenza, which is tiny particles, which can spread by sneezing. It's all about touching something someone else touched. So you're right. It's all hygiene. And here's my thing about this. I know everyone's really panicked about it. It is a pandemic in its own sense, but I did some research, just some real quick numbers. There's about 10,000 cases of the coronavirus right now, right? 213 people have died. There's 140 cases outside of China. About 10 are in the US, maybe. Okay. 13 million people reported getting the flu this year alone. 8,000 have died so far. The influenza kills 60,000 people a year. We're not at that yet. It's the same kind of thing. Plus the coronavirus, if you read the CDC and you read everything else going on, it often causes flu-like symptoms and some people with compromised immunities will get respiratory issues and could get very sick. That's what's happening. And I think we're making a little bit of a big deal about a pandemic. We should. But there's full-on panic, like some of the people quoted <laughs> in the original <laughs> article, whom I love dearly. I love you. You know it. But this is a panic attack, I think. And, you know, if you're compromised, yes, take care. Don't go. But if you're not, wash your hands all the time. All right. Mr. Neto, same kind of question, because you were on that first trip with me. And again, you, you got, I think you got the worst of it, honestly, uh, more than, the, than Tucker. And, he always and gets the worst of it. I know. Poor, poor <laughs> I, I I've been apologizing. It's been five years, guys. <laughs> Come on. It has been five Come years. Come on. We, we just had a little bit. It was just a little cold that we shared amongst friends. It but yes, we were. It was not just a little cold. You're right, because I was down. And it was down. bunk beds. I'm going to remind you. It was bunk beds in that place. It wasn't, yes. That was and, I, and I was isolated <laughs> in my own little corner. So we, you know, I, I don't know where it came from, uh, how it happened. Nobody ever will know. Uh, you know, you go into a show at the time, 70,000 people five years ago or 60,000 people. It's grown exponentially since. Uh, a lot of, you know, uh, for us, for what I was doing at the time, walking into booths and shaking hands and, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, maybe more than what the average user would be doing because uh, unless I was exhibiting because exhibitors are, you know, yeah. 
they're out there doing different things. But yes, you, you know, you're on the show floor. There's a lot of people. Uh, it's tight quarters. Uh, so, uh, I forget. I saw something on Twitter today about, you know, the, the men's bathrooms at, at these trade shows are ridiculously long and, and, and horrible uh, kept up wise because we know that there's an imbalance in, in, uh, in, in everything. So you go into the bathroom and there's just like a thousand guys in the bathroom, whereas the women's bathroom is not as busy. And that's a, obviously that's an issue onto itself. So we're dealing with get in, get out. You're trying to wash your hands. There's, you know, is there paper to wipe your hands after you're done washing them? You're wiping them on your jeans. It's just, it is what it is. Right. Uh, but that trip in particular, um, I got a cold, I got a nasty cold. I kept myself away from everybody. I still spread it to everybody. Went to find a pharmacy, got whatever I could there in Amsterdam. And then the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me, I went on a plane, I was on Atlantic Air going to Reykjavik, and I tried my hardest not to cough, and I let out one little, <coughs> the lady next to me whips out the surgical mask. <laughs> I put the blanket over my head, party over, I wake up in Reykjavik, and I feel horrible because she thinks I got the cooties or worse. Now, this is a, this is a disease it's not to be made light of, I had a standard cold, right? You can't get away from it. It's a kind of a it's kind of a breeding ground. And I think the fear is you've got a lot of people coming from different places, right? And we've all seen the movies of how things spread. Oh yeah. Right? Totally. It takes one guy at a stadium coughing on another person. Next thing you know, you have the all dead. you have the plot for a movie. Yeah. Um it's gonna be tough to control. It's tough to do it. Uh, I wish anybody who's out there to to obviously be safe. Uh, most people that are parents probably have enough Purell stockpiled somewhere in their house and wipes and all that sort of jazz. You know what I'm saying there, uh, Mr. Scott, uh, that you can go and probably not only use it for yourself, but hand it out. It's just going to be really tough to keep up with that schedule, constant moving, lines to go to the bathroom. It's going to be a tough place. All right. So let's bring in Mr. Scott because Matt's the one who's been with me the last three years um there we go, <laughs> <laughs> we go. oh man so if you're not watching the video that's uh, the only mask that'll really work actually <laughs> mr scott has on a um what what respirator. level of mask is that uh this is a level three respirator uh i'm good to go okay so are, no. are, are you worried about this first and foremost and second did is, you is, see my mask i saw your mask yes <laughs> um, either he's like going he to a rave with that. or you oh. know one of them crazy dance party things or didn't see any vicks rubbing in, there so in, in, <laughs> in, no, you in put Amsterdam? that on the inside yeah <laughs> oh boy please I, I don't i honestly don't know if i am i don't know if i'm concerned uh i'll tell you this much without trying to sound too bad i don't know if i'll go into the led wall i i believe that's hall 14 hall 8 hall 8 i hall don't eight. know if i'll go in there unless we are covering something back there just as of, of right now we have nothing but that yeah i may not go back there just for kicks and giggles um I, i'm not overly concerned about it what will be interesting to me is if amsterdam uh, or the netherlands decides to do something about incoming flights. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. has done a lot of that. Uh, Canada has done a lot of that followed suit. I'm, I'm told that the U.K. is on the verge of canceling flights if they have not already. Um, that's where it's going to get entertaining, is seeing where they're coming in. I know in my home province of Ontario, they just reported the third uh, person confirmed with it. 
And as George said, it's currently nowhere near as bad as the common cold. Uh, or influenza. As, yeah, yeah, influenza um, as far as severity and loss of life. That being said, there's no cure for this. Not that they're, you know, it, it, a lot of it's fear-mongering. A lot of it is also common sense. What I kind of almost want to have a, a, a ticker on is how many masks we see at the show. How many people walking around with the, with the surgical masks uh, or with the, the larger mask like the one I, I had on? It, it's going to be very entertaining, and I might have to bring mine just for a joke. <laughs> well, you anyway. do know that anything but your respirator won't work. Oh, yeah, of course. Because no, these I, are not. And that's, that's the fun part of, yeah. you like, know, I mm. look at it and go, as both of you gentlemen have alluded to, when we walk the floor, we're not walking it as attendees anymore. We walk it as press and, and we're meeting and greeting all kinds of people. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't know. Do we do like the, the elbow hit or the, I, I really don't know. It's very, very interesting. Tim, um, and I kind of want to just go with the flow as far as what everybody else is doing. I don't want to be that one guy who's, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. No. Yes, Machado. Can I add something to this? Like, you know, it's weird. This is on a bigger, this is obviously a bigger scale, but on a, on a smaller, smaller, smaller local level, uh, if there is an, a, a tiny little outbreak at a school, school shut down. Yeah. Right. And I've seen schools close for them to come in and abate the school for whatever has hit. Now that's my family, right? I'm all for, Hey, if I got to have them home for a couple of days, for them to completely wipe clean the school because there was an outbreak of something, right? Pick whatever kid disease that could possibly yeah. pop up Using and close a school that yeah. it will, uh, you know, so I'm okay with that. Um, this is a much larger scale, right? And I understand there's people trying to coordinate efforts, but you know, it's not so much you, Matt, but there's a part of you that is thinking, I don't want to bring home a souvenir. Oh, 100%. I have no desire to bring anything home. Yeah. But if I can take it a step further, this is where, dare I say, the, the almighty dollar shows up. The cost of canceling this show, and I'm not suggesting that they should do it or that they're wrong for not doing it, but the cost to cancel this show for everyone involved is astronomical. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure that this show goes on and trust that nothing bad happens. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it is what it is. It's, it's well, yeah, everybody, everybody involved from, from us here at Aviation to other outlets, to the manufacturers, to Avixa and Cedia, right? There, there's a lot of money involved here, yeah. but they're, 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 you know, um, you know, I, I think that they will at least, you know, they will make sure that everybody is taken care of. They, uh, in, in uh, Mr. Blackman's, release he also mentioned the fact that the rye uh health uh team is is on on alert and they know those symptoms and stuff like that um i'm not concerned about it i i'm not um but i i yeah we'll be getting some more um uh sanitizer and i'm not staying with matt this year so that's a plus yeah, pretty much <laughs> do you think right. they'll let me wear the respirator on the plane i don't think they'll let you get i don't think you'll get in the country with that i think that, I, I, I think i'm gonna get a, a a stern talking to i think you will too all right uh, <laughs> next, uh, next story up for us, uh, is comes with our friends over at AB network, which we'll get to hang out, uh, in Amsterdam. Um, LG 
is introducing a 0.44 millimeter bezel uh, LCD wall, uh, it, uh, along with the collaboration tool. Um, from the article, quote unquote, the uh, 24-hour performance reliability of every panel, uh, in addition, uh, it features external power boxes with hot swappable power supplies, with each box containing four power supplies. Now, um, Mr. Neto, I'm going to start with you on this. We have talked about video walls for a long time here. Um, the, the bezels increasingly shrink. Uh, the picture that they that they show here, which is, is actually why I grabbed the story, um, is showing uh, Channel Nine in 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 the in the UK. These are getting to the point where you know point forty four is is pretty small. You can still see the lines though. Are we getting to the point where these video walls are going to start uh, supplanting um, the capabilities of Direct View LED? Because let's be frank, if you do a good job with Direct View you shouldn't see the, the seams, right? You shouldn't see the, the bezels. Here, you've got a system where you almost don't see them. So are, where are we at with, you know, actual panels versus direct view LED panels and, and the, the, the fight there? So I have a little experience with this and I, and I can probably tell you that uh, you're already seeing that, right? Right now, the panels are the alternative to a costly LED wall, right? So it'll quickly price itself out if you're looking at LED versus panels. But then you start getting into the bezels, right? And it really comes down to the threshold, right? Uh, you don't see a seam. You don't want to see a seam. As the dot pitch increases and you find the, the granularity in, for example, text, because that's the key to everything. Video on a, on a, on a, on a wall is video and your eyes will relax and it'll move with the videos and it'll kind of, you know, as the bezel shrinks, you kind of, you don't see them, right? Yeah. Uh, so right now it's it's the high detail, right? And cost <clears throat> is leaning towards these panels, you know, actually coming back and, you know, kind of giving the LED a run. Where LED has, um, you know, some, has the advantage is that LED obviously is built for, it can be built for outside and that it can be, uh, done in different shapes and is some is flexible, right? Straight walls that are a certain 16 by nine or four by three or whatever you're looking to do with these video walls, as long as you're able to do that and the tolerance is that small bezel. There is, there, there, there is something to be said about an LED, you know, an LCD wall or an LED wall, uh, not directly direct view LED wall, still competing with each other. And I think there's still a market for it. All right. Mr. Scott, is there a, a, a design choice here or an aesthetic choice here where you, there are cases where you want to see those lines? There's either it would be architect or an interior designer where, you know what, seeing that segmentation may be advantageous or is it where, you know what, I, if, if we eventually get there, nobody wants to see lines. I don't think that there's too many architects or designers that want to see the lines unless they're trying to emulate another architectural feature within the, the space. So if they're trying to mirror, you know, a, a window that has mullions and they're trying to match that up with the video wall or something, something similar like that, they're trying to draw that out. I don't think anybody ever wants to see a line, but to, to Chris's point, the cost savings in this type of product when compared to direct view LED if the price savings is significant enough, that 0.4 millimeter is going to be more than sufficient. We, we've seen that with 
uh, the larger or, or slightly larger ones at, you know, 0.79 and, and 1.2 and, and all of those where you price out that direct view and then you offer a uh, LED option and they look at the option and go, Whew, yeah, I can save 200 grand. Yeah, I'll do that. That'll look great. We can live with those lines. And the second that you sent me this article, I instantly thought about a project that we're working on right now where we're debating the cost of direct view LED versus uh, ultra short throw projection for mm -hmm. a house of worship project. And that's the extremes of those options because they don't like the bezel option. Now that this is available, once I get some pricing, this is going to be the next thing that we potentially pitch when we go up against those direct uh, view LED options in house of worship. Because again, that is so minimal in a darkened environment. You're never going to see it. It's not going to be a, a deal breaker depending on price, but architecturally, no, I, I don't think people are actively going this way over uh, direct view LED. If the numbers were the same. All right, Mr. Tucker, both from a, your time at, uh, at World Stage and Schwarz Weisberger at live, live events and staging. Give me the lowdown here because uh, Matt brought up another possibility and that, that's, you know, um, short throw projection or just projection in general. When we talk about these large format images, right? And, and in this case, again, it's a, it's a backdrop for a, a television uh, news program. What are the considerations that we all need to consider versus, you know, when we look at LCD panels versus direct view LED. Uh, and let's, let me throw in OLED in there just because it's my favorite. Um, and projection, what are we looking at here? Well, I mean, the simple answer is clarity, mm. right? You want a seamless image that's not going to distract from the graphic that's put up or from the presenters who are in front of it. I mean, the image that they even show there, I see lines that distracts me. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, the old days of four by three and uh, non-HD, we probably wouldn't have seen those. <laughs> but th that's your main point, right? Is, can it be clear? Is it not distracting? More importantly, though, you know, I'm going to turn this on you. From a logistical standpoint, the best part of these, these walls as well, of the bezel, is that it's really low maintenance. These things are easily replaced. The hot swappable power was the thing that jumped out at me in the article. It's got four power supplies in one power, power pack. It only needs three. You can hot swap these things, right? It's got embedded sensors for calibrating this thing. So at the end or the beginning of the broadcast day, some tech can go up there and in 12 minutes, 15 minutes, that thing is completely calibrated all on its own. That is a remarkable thing with these. And I know there's other manufacturers who do something similar, but I've never seen a claim like this on a three by three wall, three minutes calibration put it in a schedule, you're done. Yeah. You know, I think that's remarkable. All right, guys. Uh, last story here before we let you get out of here. Uh, talking about uh, AI, actually, in, in the world of AV. Uh, we were introduced to X10AV uh, last year at, at Infocom uh, 2019 uh, in Orlando. They'll be again, they'll be at, uh, at Infocom 2020. Actually, they'll be at ISE as well. But what it is, is, is it's a system that lets you use the, use the, computer use a program to do design layouts and documents um, from the article here from our buddies over commercial integrator uh, quote unquote X10 assessment that you're probably spending too much time on drawing up AV designs documents manually after all how much time could you save if you could automate things like line schematics rack layouts signal flow and so forth all with AI. so mr. Scott start with you on this 
where will AI end up in the AV industry? And it will end up somewhere. So the three of you really smart gentlemen get to tell me where. Everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. It, it'll be everywhere. It, it, and I, I think the one thing that always bothers me with every AI story is quite often people you seem to use the AI term when they're somewhat talking AI, but they're really talking machine learning. Hmm. Um, this doesn't seem to be the case, but that that's just a, a sidebar to that conversation. I think we're going to continue to see AI and machine learning ML uh, really popping up everywhere. They're go it's going to come into everything we're doing. It's predictive algorithms are in literally everything we do. It, it dictates what we see on Twitter, what we see when we're shopping, what ads are fed to us. All of that is going to continue to make its way into our space. With what um, X10 is doing, I'm really intrigued with where that's going to go because that's one of the, dare I say, stumbling blocks of this industry is there's still a lot of manual work that has to be done when we produce documentation, when we produce quotes, when we produce proposals. As they continue to evolve that and you tailor it to your liking, because I, I think that's the one little aspect of this that doesn't necessarily get talked about enough. It's great that it's predictive, but we all, in, in every shop you walk into, everybody's got a, a, a twist, shall we say, on the way in which they arrange their racks, the way they do their wire diagrams, the way they connect devices. Not to say they're not following Avixa standards or CDS standards or whoever standards you want to use, but they twist them a little bit. So it'll be figuring out and determining how you're going to get that AI or machine learning to add that nuance to it. But we're going to see it everywhere. It, it, I don't see a, a, a vertical or a market where it doesn't exist. All right, Mr. Tucker, where are we going to see AI in, in the world of audiovisual? Well, I think we've gone over this before. It's all about predictive technology, right? It's about understanding the patterns it sees and utilizing that to help streamline some process, whether that's your documentation or the unlocking of doors for someone who has an RFID card walking through a building, right? That's what really the AI is. I, I, I don't actually see any documentation within X10's website, the interview, or even the videos they produced that said what the AI is actually doing. So, you know, and it does mention machine learning slash in the article with this. Mm -hmm. So I think... <laughs> I think you're right, Matt. You know, it's more a machine learning idea than anything else. But, you know, AI, it's brandable. AI is really sexy. Yeah, it's sexy. It can be a hashtag. <laughs> machine learning is really long. Too many characters. But so that, that's really what I see it. I mean, I like this product. It, it doesn't seem to be very different from a number of other products that does this. Other than it seems to have really good graphics for doing signal flow and, and, and all that other stuff. So it looks good, better, gooder, better. Uh, but I, I haven't seen anything to tell me that $249 a month for unlimited licenses and that kind of cloud service and no mention of security. It's all web-based. Where are my files going? How do I know they're not going to get out? Is my account compromisable? Where is that happening? And that's the real important stuff for me is that if I'm and building are, a business. Those are actually, those are legitimate yeah. questions too. If I'm Matt Scott and I've done, you know, uh, these, these projects, what if somebody gets that? How does it, if it, uh, you know. We poke fun those are it's intellectual fun property. designs. Yeah. That's yeah, what well, that's true too, but all right, Mr. Nella, you'll have the last word on this. 
Well, I'm glad you guys finally found that AI is in marketing because it obviously spit out this this wonderful piece here. Uh, it's it's <laughs> oh. great, dude. And, and I don't no disrespect to to, to X10, but AI is not. It, it, it's it's not it, it. This is not it. it. I mean, you can get excited for this if you're a CAD drawer, if you're an engineer. That's great. That's awesome. I don't know if it's there yet to be able to do what is being there. If they are, I'm glad at least somebody's down there. But since we have a soapbox, can we please get AI to figure out how to do my menials tasks like my expenses? Like somebody can just create the AI that will automatically take my receipt and just put it into a damn uh, piece of paper that gets submitted at the end of the month and I don't have to touch it. Love that. But we don't even have that yet, right? You kind of still have to go through the processes. I would love a little bit of I think AI's application at first is going to have to come to very simple processes in, to prove itself to us or to the everyday user. Everybody wants to solve the big problems right now and come up with these massive ideas of where AI is going to go down the road. There's a lot of cool things being done, right? Uh, just don't forget there's a lot of little processes that could use a little bit of tweaking in order to get out of the way. That can go into the email stuff. That can go into your uh, workflows that you have on a consistent daily basis. That's where you're going to see adoption and people come jump right at it, right? Just a tiny bit of that sprinkled into your daily stuff. I think would be great. It doesn't matter. You know, it's something that we actually discussed this past weekend. So um, kind of hits home. All right. Very good. That'll, uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, gentlemen, before I let you get out of here, um, we are recording this on Friday, January 30th. This will be the first the first Super Bowl that I've been able to watch in per uh, not in person but you know live uh, since we started covering ISC. So if you want to, uh, Mr. Scott, I'll give you uh, a a Niners or Chiefs prediction, and we'll see who's right because this will post on Monday. Oh, future Hall of Famer Pat Mahomes, of course. All right, <laughs> Mr. Tucker, do you care about this kind of football, or is it is it you know? Uh, not generally, but I will say that uh, the little listening I do, because I'm a salesman now, I have to listen and figure out how, what things to talk about people on the side. Uh, I say Kansas City Chiefs just because they're a sob story of 50 years, and I like that. All right. Mr. Neto? Why not? Keep it, keep it straight. Let's all go Kansas City Chiefs. If you, sir, now choose just to oh, be the uh, you know the he can't go Chiefs. contrarian, I, I, I will go with the Chiefs, go. please. Now, ha now you have to choose the other one. No, no, I don't have to. Although I, I have, you know, a lot of love for our buddy Rich Fregosa. Uh, Uncle Richie will uh, be rooting for his 49ers. Um, I've got to pick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs. A uh, number of reasons. A lot, a lot of good friends, obviously, here in the St. Louis area who, when the Rams left, glommed onto the, the Chiefs as their team. But got a lot of respect for Mahomes uh, and Andy Reid, for that matter. So, yeah, I, yeah my, my yeah, pick you, is the Chiefs. You, you have mean, to respect the, the, the coach's wisdom. He's kind of been there and done yeah. that with a lot of teams. So, yeah, yeah. And, and, Tim, you mean future Hall of Famer, Pat Mahomes. Future Hall of Famer, Pat future Mahomes. Future Hall of Famer, uh, Pat the guy, The guy who was picked after uh, Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback of the Bears. You mean future Hall of Famer, Pat Mahomes? Yes, that one. All right. If anybody watches ESPN, they will get that joke. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Matt D. Scott, thank you, sir. Thank you. How do people get a hold of you if they are so inclined? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott. You can see me on the floor of ISC, or you can follow my residential show here on this platform, Resi Week. We'll see you every Wednesday. Yes, sir. Mr. Tucker, good to see you as always, sir. Thank you very much. And you can find me at Tucker Twos on Twitter. All right. And Mr. Neto, where can people get a hold of you? On Twitter, at Chris Neto, at 
Chris underscore Neto. I can't even forget the underscore. Uh, during, uh, obviously, uh, working hours, you can find me at Starin. Starin.biz is our website or at Starin underscore marketing. Uh, that is the Twitter handle. Uh, you will not see me at ISC, uh, not because of any uh, any other reason other than the fact that I'm not going. And I will be following along and uh, seeing what you guys are up to. Thank you, uh, Matt. I do want an AV selfie with that mask at some point from oh, the trade show floor. That'd be interesting. But uh, yes, I will not be there, but uh, I'm eyeing up Infocom and possibly a couple other things in between. As you can see, we've been working on some plans. Yeah, absolutely. And you can catch uh, Chris every Sunday morning uh, by following the hashtag AV in the AM where he routinely gets thrown into Twitter jail. Uh, for five and ten minutes at a time. So uh, for me, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on on the Twitters uh, unless you're interested in hockey or uh, or my crazy kids or you know stuff. Uh, but go by the website if you would please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including Matt's Resi Week, uh, our AV uh, social with most marketing. And a host of others. Also, while you're there, please check out our supporter section. These are the folks who help us financially, help us bring you Resi Week, AV Week, and ISE. 2020 the 11th through the 14th of february all that in oh one more thing uh as of this recording by the time this post uh the uh fourth annual aviation uh, reduced choice awards have ended i'm not going to tell you who won because at this at this point uh there's about six hours left to, to vote uh but we will be uh releasing that uh those winners on monday the 10th but just so it's been said oh my gosh you guys knocked it out of the park and blew me away with the number of votes that we had. So thank you so much, uh, everybody who voted and, and come by. And, and yes, um, you know, even you, Joe Way. So thank you all so much. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you most so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week. I should probably get a cleaner mask. <laughs> one I use. It's really dirty. Get a pretty one. Get like one like yeah. custom painted. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go pick one up. I show up with a welder's mask. I should get the pink, uh, the pink Darth Vader mask, and just walk around yeah. with that. Dude, you guys should, you should get matching rubber surgical gloves too. Wear gloves. Hot so, pink gloves, the hot pink mask, style. I, it. 